You're listening to Avid Research. Avid Research. Avid Research. An Australian STEM podcast. Where we answer the questions you never quite got around to asking. Welcome back to the show team. You're listening to Avid Research. My name's Amelia and today we've got a really interesting guest on the show. We've got Dr. Preeti, who is a soil scientist at RMIT. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Amelia. I'm very interested as to what we're going to be chatting about today. I was wondering if we could start with hopefully an easy question. What is your job? I'm um, actually, I'm a, basically I'm a soil scientist, but currently I'm working as a casual academic at RMIT where I'm teaching the courses, soil environment and atmosphere. And I'm teaching in the lab, but due to pandemic, I could not do that. And I love to interact with the students, but currently I'm marking the assignments and reports, uh, which my supervisors have delivered the lectures online. I take the students to the field trips, where they get actually the feel of the soil and what's happening in the soil environment in the real world rather than working in a lab to get the real sense of that. And uh, also I'm doing research in the labs. I'm characterizing my soil because uh, I want to ameliorate the acidic soil using the recycled food waste. Fantastic. It sounds like you've got a lot of really interesting things going on. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much exciting. <laughs> research is very exciting. It's always good to hear people being excited about soil science because it's so important. Yes. Soil health is very important, which people ignore it, but it's very important to get educated about the soil health. Definitely. And I, I think it's something that we can all kind of help out with at least a little bit. Are you able to talk a little bit about what, what some of the things are that you teach your students? Mm, yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm teaching because it's a very basic course. It's the Grads course and uh, postgrads also taking, but it's a very simple course for the soil environment. It's just introductory. And I'm just teaching them uh, about uh, the basic soil properties of the soil, which they have to check before doing any experiment in the lab, like pH, electrical conductivity, how they have to measure it, how they have to check it, and what does it mean in the real sense if this electrical conductivity is as ranges from this to this what does it mean what they have to do it and organic carbon organic carbon state of the soil that's related to the soil health and nitrogen phosphorus and potassium what's the level in the soil so that they can grow the crops according to the soil health that sounds like there's a lot of chemistry yeah that's a lot of uh, soil organic carbon and the microbial activities as well so uh, microbial activities are not at the moment i'm doing but I'm teaching them how to measure the soil carbon CHNS from the CHNS analyzer in the labs. Doing this PHEC, these are very, very simple properties in the soil science, which is the very introductory at the moment, not for the PhD levels. So I'm doing that at the moment to teach them about the basic properties and how to interpret the results, what's the texture of the soil, what's the structure, and how they can, by checking the by observing the soil profile in the fields what does it mean so these are the properties they can interpret i feel like a lot of people listening might be surprised to hear that soil is conductive um yes it is uh, because we uh, really check the electrical conductivity properties it's uh, basically it's uh, some of the extendable uh, salts in the soil which make it more conductive 
So we checked that property as well in the salon. That's really cool. Are you able to tell us also a little bit about the research that you're doing? It sounds really interesting, the idea of ameliorating acidic soils with like recycled food waste. Yes, um, I just started my uh, developing my project. First, I took the soil, acidic soil from the field from the southeast Victoria, and um, uh, I characterized it. And then I have to check the lime requirement, what how much lime I needed for uh, the level of acidity in the soil. And uh, after checking the basic properties of the soil, like pH, EC, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, all those properties, which are very, very basic, pH, uh, by knowing the pH, you can actually tell whether it is acidic or not. And other, uh, other when the soil is acidic, it's it causes the minimum toxicity. So that also I wanted to check it in order to pursue my experiment, what level of food waste, what the concentrations I have to take and what is the optimum level. I'll try to grow uh, some crop in the greenhouse and uh, ch- check how much level of uh, that food waste I have to add to get the good results, like to grow the crop. Actually, the crop can grow in that acidic soil by ameliorating the food waste. What makes soils acidic in the first place? Uh, it is due to the aluminium toxicity. The pH will be uh, very low and uh, the toxicity of aluminium comes in the plant. That's, that sounds really cool. How did you come up with the idea of using food waste? I have checked that uh, it has got a liming potential, the food waste. There's some of the food waste. They've got liming potential and people are throwing it as a waste. And uh, rather than uh, we are... Uh, putting into bin and ending up in a landfill. So why not uh, recycle it and uh, get it for a good cause, like ameliorate it rather than uh, producing the greenhouse gases out of it. It makes so much sense. It seems like a great idea. Yep. <laughs> and obviously the results are looking positive so far? Yeah, I haven't started my the glasses experiment because of the pandemic. It's been nine months. I have to start it last January, but I could not get it into the labs. So I'm waiting till the restriction ease and I can start working. Hopefully it's soon. What does an average day at work look like for you? Average day of work uh, is about five to six hours. Um, I don't work more than that because after that I have to pick my daughter as well. And in that period of time, I sometimes I teach students, sometimes I go to the labs and do my research, do some analysis and get some results and then start to analyze them and then put into some form like graphs and tables and write on some research papers. And after that, if I come home, I start writing my some research proposals to get some attract some funding. It sounds like there's a lot of writing involved. Yeah, it's a lot of writing and lots of reading involved because if you don't read in a, as a researcher, you don't get the ideas. So you need to read a lot and lot and lot. <laughs> and you need to know what other ideas other people have had so that you can get inspired by them. Yes, what other people are doing and what are the recent researches are happening and where there is a gap. So you need to read and read a lot of scientific literature. What's some of the things that are happening in soil science at the moment that you're most excited about? I'm excited about the carbon sequestration greenhouse gas emissions, which causes a little bit of climate change and global warming. Like, And I really love to do some uh, experiments on uh, sandy soils 
because there's a lot of uh, area which is covered by sand in Australia and uh, this is which is uh, barren land and I want to ameliorate those uh, with the clay addition which I really did in my PhD. I have added the clay, I have isolated the clay from the soil, from the soil which are rich in clays and I've added to the sandy soils to see the effect of organic matter retention so that I can sequester the carbon in the soil and doesn't release the carbon dioxide gas in the atmosphere. That's so cool. Mm, yeah. <laughs> exciting are you a gardener yourself like do you play around with soil for fun uh, yes I do play I do play around I love gardening I love gardening so I used to observe the plants and what's happening to them and I used to do my own researches at home as well <laughs> did you put, uh, find some it is uh, uh, low in nitrogen I used to put some fertilizers nitrogen rich fertilizers and all those things I love doing it that's what I was going to ask is do you use all this knowledge to create like an amazing garden that's super, super healthy? Yeah, I love to grow veggies. <laughs> well, you're developing the right skills to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. So you need a very healthy soil to grow on these things. Otherwise, they don't grow a very good uh, size of the leaves or it um, affects your fruit size. So a lot of things going to happen if the soil is health is not good. I think it's something people often don't think about as well. They just sort of think of soil as just it. It's just dirt and don't realise how important. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. The soil is not a dirt. It's a, There's a lot of uh, good things under your feet because from there the crops, the food comes from the soil and it should be very nutrient-rich. So they're going to extract the nutrient from the soil itself. And so at some point... We need to put nutrients back into the soil so it can keep being productive. Yeah, that's sort of composting also you can do with a food biased. What are some of the skills you need to be able to do your job? Because you've kind of got two jobs where you're teaching and then one where you're learning and asking questions and researching. For teaching, you need to have a very good communication skill, which I think, and the knowledge about the soil science, because you need to answer the question, whatever the students are asking. Yeah, that is uh, one thing. And uh, for the research, you need to have very good skills. You need to know the um, skills of the operating the instrument and uh, getting the results and then interpreting them. The interpreting skills should be there because if you, and a lot of reading is required because if you don't read, you can't interpret your results. You can't write a good paper. You need a lot of reading and you need to, good writing skills as well do you use statistics to understand like the impact yeah i do statistics you need to know the statistical skills as well to analyze your data after getting results from the lab you need to analyze it statistically and after that you can put into a form of a table or graph and then when you're given the form of a graphs and table then you can actually write the paper yeah, so the information goes through a lot of different stages until you can interpret and communicate it. Yes. First, you go to the uh, field to collect your samples, where you want to clo- uh, get the samples, which area you want to work in, whether you want to work on a soil-affected soil, whether you want to work in the acidic soils, and why you want to do it, so what depth you want to collect it, because sometimes you need to do the experiments up to the rooting depth of certain plants. You need to go to that depth. 
and then you bring the soil sample to the lab dry it up in the oven or whatever what temperature you want it or air dry it saving then you're analyzing it ph you have to do the basic properties of the soil like ph electrical conductivity organic carbon nitrogen phosphorus potassium etc and then you need to get your results statistically analyze them and put into some form of a table or graph then start writing why you got those results it's very important to publish your research do you also do any kind of public communication of your results or purely like academic to academic oh, i really love to uh, publicly uh, i want to be in social media to actually know the people what i'm doing so i love doing that and uh, otherwise uh, i'm publishing my research that's a very little platform the people going to some people going to read my papers some will not if i'm in a social media like i put my research paper published on linkedin so many people are on the linkedin they're going to see it what i'm doing what i'm working and if i go to the conferences people are going to see actually what i'm doing and in this way i can sell my research as well so people can um, contact you regarding the funding opportunities as well it's a great platform to sell your research and that in itself is this whole other skill too yeah so that's oral communication skills you need to communicate your research it's very important it's a lot of different skills and different pieces of knowledge that you're needing to pull together to do this work yes that's right how have you ended up developing these skills how have you learned them i was uh, i did my bachelor in agriculture sciences uh, when i was uh, in my fourth year and uh, was interesting in the research so i continued my masters in soil science and then in masters you have uh, one year of doing research experiments in the glass house and that way um, i was so interested in the how the plants are growing and uh, what i have to put in the soil to get a better soil for the plants and what nutrients they are lacking and whether i'm using i was using as a waste that time also i'm using as a distilled effluent as a source of nutrient for rice crop because it was rich in nutrients itself and there's a problem of disposing of such a high volume of uh, liquid waste into the environment which is impacting the environment as well so we were thinking of a um, solution to dispose it off as it was a rich source of nutrients so you need to put certain levels and dilute it and put in a so uh, in a soil for growing the rice crop and it really worked very well and there was some uh, i don't remember what dilution factor i used that time but there was some level which really increased the growth of the rice crop and after that i worked in a lab for a long time as a research fellow for about 4 years so that time i've learned a lot regarding my statistical skills regarding presenting my data in the conferences talking to people about my research and um, teaching students as well in my job did you always know you wanted to be a soil scientist um yes uh, it uh, no i didn't know that i get into the bachelor of agriculture sciences in the fourth year i came to know that i want to be a soil scientist because it was a very very demanding uh, department at the time it was people were saying uh, that it uh, you need a lot of skills for that and it is very competitive so i wanted to be in that one 
uh, as a soul scientist and I was uh, I love going to the farms as well and growing crops so that is a feeling as well I love doing gardening as well so that created a sense of going to the soul science area <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that that totally makes sense did you did you enjoy science when you're at school I enjoy the soil science very much because uh, uh, I love the crops. I love uh, microbial activities in the soil from where they're getting the food and how they're eating the organic matter. And I love those things a lot. And what is happening actually under my feet is a terror. Because when I was little, I was thinking just as a dirt. But it's a really, really important science which we need to consider. How did you choose your PhD topic? When I was searching for my supervisor, at that time I have uh, selecting, I was choosing a topic of climate change because it's going to sequester carbon. It was a very, very demanding topic at that time. Like people were talking about uh, climate change, about the carbon dioxide gas emissions and sequestering carbon in the soil. So I thought it's really, really cool to study something in the climate change and uh, protect the environment and sequester some carbon in the soil. So it really um, get me a feeling of doing something related to the environment, which is going to protect the people from the global warming. So it was exciting for me. That's a great driver. Have you get to see any of your research being used out in the real world? Yes. It's uh, South Australia. Or in the Western Australia, people, a lot of people were spreading clays in the fields to ameliorate the sandy soils to grow the crops. So there's a lot of paper published on that area as well. But uh, I used a different approach. I isolated the clays because actually I wanted to do some uh, um, lab experiments. So I did a, I want to study related to the carbon dioxide gas emissions but I didn't do the field experiments but in other sense people are using that uh, platform itself like they're spreading the clays but they're not isolating but they, they have got a different approach but the same area so yeah so it is kind of being well a similar concept being used yeah yeah that's cool that's really cool in in your career path, have there been any sort of key events that have really helped inspire you to keep going? Because often life as an academic can be a bit challenging. Yes, there were a lot of uh, key events came into my life. Like there's a conference as one I remember. I have I was one of the organizer of uh, international conference when I was in a job after my master's. It really helped me in building the international networks and I really wanted to do PhD outside my country in, in some reputed countries like Australia, Canada or US. So uh, because it, it gave me a lot of recognition as well. I worked so hard in organizing that conference. I got some awards and inspired me a lot to go into the research and it helped me in building my profile as well and uh, getting involved a lot of, uh, you know, it's inspiring you and it's a recognition. When you get a recognition, you keep going. That's a fascinating thing to have inspired you going, like helping organize a conference. That's really cool. 
Yeah, that was the uh, first thing I was going towards my research area and I was so inspired that what I have achieved and I was so excited that what I've achieved because I got a lot of recognition that time. The recognition makes such a big difference. What are some of the things that get you really, really excited about your job? What helps you get up in the morning and keep going and keep doing it? It's really uh, um, some uh, when I read a research papers during the night time and uh, when I sleep, I get up in the morning with some new ideas in the research. It's really make me excited to go to the lab and start doing something new and let's see what results going to come. So it's really exciting to go to the work for research. I love doing research and um, I love interacting with the students as well, but my first priority is the research because uh, it gives you an opportunity to do some new thing in in the real world. So having that opportunity to be possibly the first person who's tried something or the first person who's written it up as an experiment, that sort of stuff? Yeah, I did. This was my idea. Of, uh, this was my first idea, which I uh, was the first to... It was not the first in the world, rather inside, but... Yes, it is. Uh, when I'm uh, selecting the food vice, it was it was the first. Nobody has published it. Really? Yep. Nobody has published it. Nobody has thought about it. I haven't seen any papers. Yes, people are using food vice. Nobody has thought in that way. The particular food vice, I'm not going to be disclosing what I'm using because I still have to <laughs> do it. So, yes, I've seen nobody has done it so far. That's very exciting then. That's cool. Is there any advice that you would like to give to young people who are considering a career in soil science? Yes, I would advise them to read a lot of papers. Critical thinking only comes when you read a lot. It's not reading one or two papers. And it's really important when you're a soil scientist, you have to go to the field to see actually what is happening to the soil Rather than doing some experiments in the lab, it won't give the solution to the farmers because actually the farmers are going to grow the crops and I want to transfer, it's very important to transfer the technology to the farmers, which is the real, real, real world in the fields. So the soil which are changing there or deteriorating because of some or other things. So it's really important to see what's happening happening in the field rather than in the labs so I want yeah I want them to read a lot uh, discover the new knowledge gaps and continue doing the experiments a lot of reading and it's quite a skill to learn a how to read academic papers but also then to learn how to spot the gaps and yeah look at where you can ask new questions yeah I also like that you're encouraging people to go to go to the field because that's such an important part of something as large scale as soil science. Yeah, it's a large scale, but it's the real world as well. Like uh, it's a realistic approach rather than uh, we just uh, create a pretend uh, environment in the field, uh, in the labs to do the experiments, which sometimes doesn't actually happen in the fields. We just assume it. So that condition, like if you isolated the clays, that thing doesn't happen in the field. You have to spread the clays. You can't isolate the clays and do in such a large volume. So you just kind of take the soil, which is rich in clay, and you can spread it. 
you can't isolate it and uh, it's it's going to take a lot and a lot of volume and you can't do it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's that's just not so real. So it's very important to go to the field and what's actually the realistic thing. Is there anything that the general public can help, can can do to help either with your research or maybe just to help improve soil science in general? I wish the general public should understand that soil is not a dirt. They should not throw the recycled waste in the soil as a landfill. And rather than do the composting and put them back to the soil. So if they throw this thing, uh, the recycled food waste in the soil, they are actually impacting the environment health. And uh, it's very important for them to understand that it's a rich source of nutrients. It's not a waste. Please don't throw it. It's going to produce the greenhouse gases, which will actually impact the environment. And there's a lot of extreme weather events going to happen. So it's very dangerous. So rather than it's a rich source of need, they should compost, produce a compost out of their waste and use them in their garden. That's such a beautifully actionable thing for people to do. I think moving away from seeing food leftovers as waste and seeing it as a potential resource would be a really helpful thing for our society to move towards. Is there anything that you wish the general public understood other other than composting? Composting. Is there anything you wish they understood about your work? Yes. The general public should understand uh, about the soil health as well. If they want to grow their own uh, flowers or veggies in their own garden, then they should understand that which soil they need to grow their veggies, which soil they need to grow the potatoes, which soil they need to grow the onions, and uh, which soil they need to grow the food crops. So there's a different soil and they need to get it tested. But for these very simple things also they can do at home as well. Like they can check the pH. There's a field uh, kits as well they can use. And they can be retrained uh, by some uh, very, very uh, technical staff. Like in the lab technician itself can tell you how you can use at your home to check whether the soil is acidic or rich in um, the salt affected soils or it is low in carbon organic carbon they should add something they can add their own or waste itself to the soil like they don't have to buy the fertilizers they just can add some leaves which can add the organic matter to the soil to become it rich and they can grow their own crops or fruits or anything they would like to grow like flowers do you know of any resources that can help people to find out that information? Yes, they can go to the Soil Science Australia website and they can find plenty of information. A lot of soil scientists post there and it's a Victorian branch. You can find any certified soil scientists. You can ask a question, they can answer your question. There's a Twitter, there's a Facebook of Soil Science Australia and there's a website itself. You can post your question and people are ready to help them. That's awesome. We'll include links to that in the show notes because that's really cool. Yeah, it is a Soil Science Australia website. Is there any citizen science around soil science? Yes, uh, because there are so many like farmers, they don't, uh, they, don't, they don't have background in the soil science, but they know actually what is happening in the real world. 
they know actually the indirectly they know the science because they have seen what is happening in the field itself and it's really important for the scientists to know what's happening in the real world when i used to visit the farmers field i learned so many things from them i really feel that they are the uh scientists indirectly because they know so much of things that this is happening this uh, this crop is uh, failing they have they have put more they have added more water water logging is happening but why this is happening we need to find it out as both scientists and this way they're telling us that they did this thing and this is happening in the soil and they were counting the birds they were actually observing they were good very good observing because they're actually doing those things indirect experiments in the field but in order to interpret it they need a soil scientist so in this way they're contributing to us the knowledge which we don't have it and they they're able to collect that information just in their day-to-day job as well yes there's many land care uh, units which do that that's really it's good to hear very good to hear before we wrap up is there anything else you'd like to share i would like to share that the soil is very important it's not a dirt please take care of the soil health and please check your soil the ph and ec and please add the carbon to the soil by putting the leaves and twigs it adds organic matter to the soil and please don't consider it as a dirt don't add any contaminants and to the young generation who is considering the soil science as your future career i want them to read and read a lot of soil science research papers related to the scientific journals not the reports but scientific journals which is a real real reliable source go to the source of the actual knowledge rather than a journalist's interpretation yeah this is the credibility because it's very important to choose the credible valid resource rather than just a vague information and i think it's something that's really important for people to yeah build up that skill of going to the right place to get information yes there's a soul science australia which is a real reliable source and there's a department of primary industries victoria which really help people which are the farmers and they they are there to help and we'll include links to both of those in the show notes definitely yes please that would be great have you got a virtual high five or a shout out for anyone who you'd like to say thank you to or anyone who you think's doing a really awesome job at the moment i would like to say virtual high five to my to dr samantha grover she's doing a really great job because uh, during pandemic a person who's a mom in academic career it's very hard to deliver lectures and at the same time you're uh, uh, seeing your projects as well which you're running the projects for the research funding purposes and looking for the two kids and continuing your career it's extremely hard i know as a mom it's really hard even i was uh, not doing too much of work but i'm just putting my 5 to 6 hours but being in academic career and delivering the lectures online and at the same time you're doing the research it's extremely hard with the two kids so my virtual high five to dr samantha grover 
in RMIT. She's a lecturer. We'll have to include uh, some sort of link to her work or something as well. So massive high five to her. That's hard work. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a very, very hard work. I know it's very hard to see the funding projects and uh, doing the researches at the same time with the pandemic. So quite hard with the lectures, teaching and research load and uh, remote learning with the two kids. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So that's why my hat's off to her. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Pretty. This has been really, really interesting and hopefully we've changed a lot of people's perceptions today. Thanks, Amelia. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this podcast, you're an absolute gem of a human being and you should head over to avidresearch.com.au, sign up for our amazing email newsletter and get all the download on the upcoming episodes and maybe even get a bit of a sneak peek about what's coming next. If you've been enjoying this podcast, you should definitely subscribe. We're on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify and even Google these days. Thanks. Thanks.